I'm Karina Rockatel, and this is the weekly wrap up. Some good news finally coming out of Victoria in seemingly perpetual lockdown this week. The Andrews government has backed down on the omnibus bill, which had already been rushed through the lower house. The bill would have given undefined authorised officers the power to indefinitely detain people on their subjective belief that they won't comply with an emergency directive. What this demonstrates is that even for a government that has such little respect for civil liberties as the Victorian Labor government, when there is a concerted community campaign which attracts a broad spectrum of support from left-leaning civil society and legal professional organisations to conservative groups like the Australian Christian Lobby and so many everyday individuals, there does come a point that government can't ignore the people. Having been involved in many, many political advocacy campaigns, achieving success like this is sadly very rare and does require the people, media, organisations of all political persuasions to come together in unison. The far simpler way to prevent bad government forming in the first place is to ensure that the decision makers who fill our parliamentary benches are people who respect our freedoms and share our values. This is why it's so important that ordinary people get involved in political parties to pre-select MPs who will actually represent us. Now, in 2018, the Consultative Council on Obstetric and Paediatric Mortality and Morbidity reported that in Victoria, there were 173 abortions at 20 weeks or later for social or psychological reasons where there is no problem or disability found with the baby. Abortions at 20 weeks or later for suspected or confirmed congenital abnormality from cleft palate to chromosomal disorders such as Down syndrome were recorded at 179. Of these, more than one in six, that is 29 babies in 2018, were born alive. When we want to kill dogs, even they receive pain relief. How is it that we, an apparent civilised society, don't treat human babies with the same humanity as we would a dog. Joining me now is the Vice President of the March for the Babies, which is taking place at 1pm this Saturday online. Fellow Good Source contributor, also known as Political Posting Mama, Mareka Ranzi, who will be speaking at the March tomorrow. Welcome, Mareka. Can I ask you what inspired you to get involved with March for the Babies? Hi, Karina. Thanks so much for having me on. So basically, uh, what inspired me uh, to get involved, similar to you, I have um, such a a heart for this cause and for this issue um, and relatively new, actually, because I didn't uh, realise until only a few years ago what the legislation and the laws were. So I was someone who personally was softly pro-life in my own life for myself, um, but I'd never actually been an activist on the issue, um, I'd kind of kept my views uh, to myself. But when I found out that uh, we had legislated in Victoria the most extreme abortion laws in the world um, with, ironically, Daniel Andrews as our health minister at the time, um, I um, was absolutely horrified. I mean, the, the latest abortion on record in Victoria of a healthy baby with a healthy mother, um, and it was psychosocial reasons that she aborted her baby, was at 37 weeks. Now, um, for me, all my babies were born at 37 weeks. And so 
suddenly uh, it really, really forced me to think about and, and be confronted by what this actually, what the reality of, of where we're at. Um, I think the pro-abort uh, movement have been very successful in sanitising and it's a very dishonest um, uh, movement in that they, um, you know, dehumanise um, babies by even the, the language they use. And so I'm someone who believes uh, in um, standing up for actual human rights and for fighting for things that really matter. And I want to set the example for my children and I want to be known as someone who is willing to, to stand up for the things that tr really, truly matter despite any personal cost. Um, and so for me, I'm a big believer uh, in the fact that uh, we can actually change policy once you work out how the system works, which was once again something I didn't know. Um, yeah, it's quite empowering. And so I got involved in the committee to basically um, throw my my hand in in the fight and uh, and plant my flag and uh, and do what I can to be part of, I guess, what we're now in, which is the culture war. Good on you. And how long has the march been going on for now? So this will be, I believe, the 11th year um, of the march. And obviously, um, so the, the abortion law passed in 2008 in their first march run by the uh, um, amazing Bernie Finn, who was in parliament at the time and uh, obviously lost the vote. And uh, when he shared with me his experience as to why he decided he, he felt so forlorn about it that he felt, what can I do now? And it was to march for the babies. So that was, um, we're going into the 11th year now. Um, and unfortunately, we're in a time, obviously, due to the lockdown where we can't march in person. So we're going to do our online protest. Fantastic. And there are always thousands and thousands of people who do attend the march each year, yet Either the media doesn't cover it or only covers any sort of counter protests where there are just a handful of people and they always carry signs and do chant abusive words. They're quite um, intimidating, frightening, uh, whereas there's such a positive mood in contrast with those who are protesting against our abortion laws. I remember in one year in particular, someone even had a sign saying, the only good baby is a dead baby, trying to undermine the March for Babies protest itself. How will the march work online this year? And do you think the mainstream media will finally pay attention to this is issue this time around? Look, I've lost a lot of faith in uh, the mainstream media. I think Donald Trump's been a champion for exposing the hashtag fake news. And uh, when he started throwing that term around and getting on Twitter, I was I still wasn't overly aware of just how um, how lost from the mainstream the media had become. And really, that they're really, as I've written in some of my articles, they're activists. Um, they're not journalists, and so they're activists for the other side. So. I think you'll always have alternative media um, will cover and I think that's such a gift for us at this time because um, the narrative still can get out but it does take people like us, citizen journalists and people on the other side to share and be bold and brave in doing it. But no, I, it's doubtful that there'll be any coverage. Um, I was absolutely shocked. The very first march I went to was actually last year. So um, uh, that was an amazing experience. The year before, I, I was um, very, very anxious about going um, and we, we didn't go in the end. But last year was just such a beautiful day. And you're right, there was um, 
you know, the the pro-abortion lobby are incredibly uh, vicious and nasty. And, um, you know, I had my children there and uh, there were certain activists who even uh, stuck their finger up at my um, 12-year-old child on the other side, which is not surprising considering this the very extreme stance that they take. Um, but I felt very safe. I actually felt safe. The police did a great job and, and protected us. And uh, it's a family day. The sun was shining and there was... I was really amazed at, at how many thousands of us there were and uh, I hope every year that it grows and I hope people grow in courage and I hope as people become more educated that they um, realise that uh, they're allowed to have a voice and not only are they allowed, they should have a voice um, and, and the bigger we become in number, the stronger we get. But I don't expect the mainstream media to, to cover it like they haven't most years unless there's... Um, punch-ons, which happened, I think, poor Bernie Finn got punched one year and that was the year they got the most media attention. Um, hopefully, you know, this year we don't have to throw our bodies on the line, but there's a wonderful opportunity in an online protest because online can't be, well, you know, it, it can basically spread like wildfire if people share. So I encourage everyone to share, be brave and, and share the online protest. It's going to be um, very professionally put together and it's given us another opportunity obviously we'd love to be there physically but um, let's let's you know use this as an opportunity to spread the message into hearts and minds that the message may not have got to and during the US vice presidential debate this week Mike Pence had this to say here's a bit of a clip from the debate I, I couldn't be more proud to serve as vice president to a president who stands without apology for the sanctity of human life I'm pro-life. I don't apologize for it. And this is another one of those cases where there's such a dramatic contrast. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris support taxpayer funding of abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. Late-term abortion. They want to increase funding to Planned Parenthood of America. Now, for our part, I, I would never presume how Judge Amy Coney Barrett would rule on the Supreme Court of the United States, but... Um, We'll continue to stand strong for the right to life. When you speak about the Supreme Court, though, I think the American people really deserve an answer, Senator Harris. Are you and Joe Biden going to pack the court if Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed? I mean, there have been 29 vacancies on the Supreme Court during presidential election years from George Washington to Barack Obama. Presidents have nominated in all 29 cases. But your party is actually openly advocating adding seats to the Supreme Court which has had nine seats for 150 years if you don't get your way. This is a classic case of if you can't win by the rules, you're going to change the rules. Marika, let's unpack what Vice President Pence just said. Firstly, he wasn't ashamed to say that he and the president are pro-life, yet it seems in Australian politics there are few MPs who would dare even declare this. Why do you think there's a difference here? So it's been interesting for me to watch over the last few years, um, as I mentioned, the culture wars, you know, in, in um, an environment where I guess one side has has basically gained momentum and I'll, I'd say the pro-abortion lobby have really over the years have just, you know, picked away at, at building their campaigning to the point where um, it is such a hot topic. People know there's a lot of emotion around it on both sides, Um but basically, you'll be you'll be viciously attacked. Um, but there's been a real shift in the United States, um, and it and has come from the leaders. But before the leaders get to the point where they can 
um, come out and lead and basically stand up, um, you do need culture warriors to set the tone in the culture. And so, um, you know, I, I think that's where we're at now. There's a, a culture war happening and part of that is actually about the education and that's been the gift that social media has given. It's one thing to to talk about, um, you know, fetuses and clumps of cells, but actually when you see the procedure and you see um, online, you see how this is done, there have been some wonderful can- cartoon exposures and things like that. And when you actually see um, this for what it is, it, it, and the truth, ultimately, um, hopefully people then have courage and find their voices. And, I mean, it's so inspiring to have leadership who are willing to stand up and have the courage. And we've got a few MPs that have the courage, but ultimately, um, you know, they're there to represent the people. So they need, they need people in the culture to basically be brave and to um, set the narrative and set the tone and to start speaking up. And um, and I'm excited to see. I think that's actually starting to happen. I really, really genuinely do. And, and Australia's a little bit behind um, there. Um, you know, the, the, we're kind of stepping into this space at the moment, um, but it's exciting to... Um, yeah, to, to think that uh, policy and law can change and the silent majority doesn't need to be silent. In fact, they shouldn't be silent. Um, the time is uh, now to actually stand up and speak up and, and have your say and, and be brave um, and uh, it's okay. It's okay to do that. Not only is it okay, we should do it. Mm, absolutely. And the second point Pence made was that if the Democrats do gain power, they could change the rules to appoint more judges to the Supreme Court so that progressive judges would then outnumber conservatives. And Harris never denied this, although, you know, Pence confronted it about it several times, as we saw. Uh, the left do constantly talk about transparency and following rules, but when things don't go their way, transparency and rules seem to fly out the window. As someone who's been in the trenches battling the left on radical gender theory in schools and so many other things, how is it that they seem to get away with this kind of hypocrisy all the time? Yeah, well, I think for a long time they have got away with it. Um, and I think, you know, we've we've kind of, this, like I said, the solid majority, we've just allowed this to happen. But um, pendulums can go too far and I, I actually think that's what's happening now and I think things are being exposed and brought to light and the truth always rises to the top. Um, and so, you know, I am someone who identifies, I actually grew up in a, a leftist home, you know, we had the age we, lying around the house and um, ABC News was always on and we were just, you know, very leftist ideology and consider myself a social justice warrior only because I'm, you know, I'm a caring person and as we know, these causes really, really appeal to to um, your emotion and your need for justice and care but it's obviously um, everything seems upside down and for me uh, they went too far and they exposed themselves and like I mentioned with the with the um, the abortion movement, for example, it's one thing to to talk about women's rights and women's choices and to really sanitize it. And uh, but you expose yourself when you're willing to to actually kill a baby um, and and think it's perfectly acceptable, um, you know, minutes before they're born. And um, 
you know, partial birth abortion, as we know, which is, has been legalised. So um, I think the hypocrisy and the lies, I think I, I'm a big believer that the, the truth always comes out in the end. Um, you know, truth stands up. And so people are starting to see it. And, you know, there's a massive movement in the United States called the walkaway movement. And we're seeing a similar thing here, you know, people who normally would identify themselves on the left um, just because it's kind of the popular thing to do. When you start to critically think, um, you you quickly will jump ship if you're a genuinely a person who genuinely believes in, in the rights of, of individuals, the true rights. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me today, Marika. And for those who are ready to join the online protest on Saturday, where should they go? Okay, so we have a, a website that you can uh, jump onto, www.marchfortherbabies.com. Um, and if you if you get onto that website, um, uh, you can actually click on to book the link. So marchfortherbabies.com and click on the online protest. It's on at 1pm this Saturday online and it's going to be fantastic. We've got some great cartoon videos that have been produced. We'll have some music. We have um, Martin Isles um, and uh, Amanda Stoker will, will be speaking uh, along with my, myself. I'm um, going to uh, speak about some of the things we've talked about now. And, uh, yeah, click on and, and share it and be brave and bold. Um, you know, the hate, um, the hate is real um, but it doesn't make it right. And so if you get opposition, um, it's okay. There's opposition in all things, but you know the support is actually a lot quieter and uh, and a lot um, stronger. And that's been my experience on pretty much every issue. You know, yes, the hate is there and they're very vocal, but actually the quiet, gentle, kind support you get um, is great. So be bold and be brave and stand up um, if you if you truly believe that it's wrong to kill babies for any reason um, without pain relief at the um, right up until birth. Um, which is going on, and it's not—it's not rare. That's a false narrative, you know. It's—it's, it's, um, I believe, a a movement now that's um, a lot about coercion and and doesn't genuinely support women. So this is much for the babies is also about supporting women um, to make good choices in their life so that they they aren't traumatized and so that they get to actually um uh you know live live the life that they truly want without this this coercion and and misunderstanding that that you can take the life of your own baby and not have um trauma and consequences thanks marika well one of the many strange things about having been in lockdown in Victoria now for so long and only seeing people online from the torso up is that I haven't had the opportunity to tell many people that I'm pregnant at the moment. I'm now in my final trimester and let me tell you this little one constantly lets his presence be felt. It's unconscionable that the state would let me try to kill this healthy little guy and if after being aborted he survived doctors who pledged to do no harm could deny him milk, comfort or even pain relief and just leave him to die. Given that I'll soon be on maternity leave, this will be my last weekly wrap-up for 2020, but I would like to thank you so much for tuning in and for your incredible support of The Good Source since its launch just three months ago. It's been so heartening to see the growing supporter base of people pursuing truth in media over fake news and until next time, look after yourself and those around you. Keep fighting the good fight and keep on the good source.